Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the Invasion TV podcast. Our podcast is a conversation between two unmodel minority TV junkies breaking down the Asian characters we loved and very much disliked on television. I'm Kathleen. And I'm Patricia. And we're your hosts. And for today's episode, we will be focused on a holiday special uh, (laughs) on Netflix's Dash and Lily. With diversity and inclusivity, this is invasion, this is invasion, this is invasion. So we're actually changing things up for this episode, um, mostly because this will be focused on one single show versus different characters from different TV shows like we've done in the past. Yeah, so Dash and Lily is a Netflix show created by Joe Trax. Uh, it's about two teenagers, one Christmas-obsessed and the other Scrooge, who anonymously shared dares and secrets through a journal that they leave all throughout New York City. The show was originally a novel written by Rachel Kahn and David Levithan. So it's a YA novel, and I know Kathleen loves <laughs> YA, the whole genre. So how do you feel about this? Like, how do you feel about YA adaptations in general? Okay, first of all, for our listeners who aren't YA fans, YA stands for young adult, and this is true. I am a huge YA fan. <laughs> I feel like I have been slipping on my YA reading, but I am a really big fan of YA books because coming of age stories in general are just so beautiful to me because that was such a wistful age. (laughs) Uh, The adaptations I can think of for for YA that were very successful to me was the most recent one before Dash and Lily, actually, it was um, Lara Jean from the yes. To All the Boys I've Loved Before uh, by Jenny Han. I love her so much. I went to a book signing, just want to mention that. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan, and I feel like the success of this show in particular, Dash and Lily, was also very notable. Well, um, can't wait for um, your future YA novel that you are writing. Oh, man. <laughs> Ten years in the making. Still need to get past chapter one. <laughs> but you know what? I, I will say that I am actually a huge fan of Christmas like holiday YA. Okay. I've actually read a Wait, well, few yeah, what's the other holiday YA. You know what? I can't think of off the top of my head, but I'll cliff note it or add it at the footnotes <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> if anyone's but, looking for recommendations. Yeah, but there was, I think it's because like when I was younger, um, when I would go to the Philippines, it was during the holidays and I would just buy a bunch of books on my nook to read and a lot of them were holiday focused because I wasn't like in the states does that make sense like yeah I, I don't know was that really your funny. connection okay yeah, I mean I think your so. connection like to, to like, the holidays back to the U.S. Oh. To, yeah to like holidays in the U.S. not to say that the holidays in the Philippines weren't fun it was just like a kind of connection to celebrating back home I guess uh but yeah weird I just literally made that connection talking about that <laughs> anyway okay let's talk about Lily our main character uh, who is our um, the reason why we're talking about this show? She is Japanese American. Trish, do you want to do you want to give a little rundown on who she is? At least portrayed in the show, she is considered a weird but charming girl. She's kind of like a mini um, what is that? Pixie manic? Yeah, kind yeah, of right. A, manic a little pixie bit dream girl, but like a pre-evolution version. Oh, so no, no, before no, no, she no. like blooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually feel that um, 
with the whole concept of the show, I feel that Dash was making her seem like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Whereas we actually see more background about her, which makes her not a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Okay, okay. You know what? I feel like if this was definitely more Dash-centered, this would be a Christmas 500 Days of Summer. (laughs) But not with a 500 Days of Summer when they were in in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I could see that. I could see that. Anyway, but it's very equally Dash and Lily, this show. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, continue talking about Lily. Sorry. No, that was like a simple description about her because, (laughs) (laughs) okay, like the way she's supposedly weird is that she likes old people hobbies like she likes to bake she likes makes to make her own clothes, clothes. Mm-hmm. um she likes to knit so those like in the beginning those are what really we think is separating her from other kids her age that she has no friends which Kathleen and I were really like bothered yeah. about yeah how yeah. like how does she not have one friend with her being so bubbly and optimistic and this poor girl loves Christmas, but she has no friends. The show did such a good job of like charming the audience and getting getting the audience wrapped into their, their back and forth, trading the red journal for the dares and the truths. And it was very all cutesy and stuff, but the audience kind of gets tricked about like not seeing how unrealistic it is that this girl would not have friends because weird people have their friends you know like we related to Lily in the way where it's like we were obviously at that age we were weird but like we're weird (laughs) together (laughs) and it was just interesting how it was a point of the story that she was like all her friends were old people they were her family members who were all older than her um even her old friends in the show like she made them in an episode like she Mm -hmm. sent out like a social media post saying like hey let's start a caroling group yeah yeah. so like no friends prior to that can we also talk about okay now that you're bringing up that all her friends are like old random people can we talk about how this is like another point of how unrealistic the situation is is like what kind of asian parents let their kids (laughs) go out into the big city with like older strangers i mean okay clearly also like i want to mention that lily is like definitely fourth generation japanese american or something but like so she's very much american (laughs) but still like man she is really doing her own thing and like not doing any drugs or alcohol (laughs) oh well well there is alcohol well on that note let's not forget though (laughs) that all the adults left her (laughs) like during her Christmas winter break or whatever like they all left her and she had no adult supervision except I guess her brother Mm -hmm. but which is realistic at that age we yeah yeah, we we were definitely left alone by that point but (laughs) I think well now saying it I feel like maybe they trusted her because she's like mm-hmm. who she is. I see that. Yeah. Like, like they did. There's no think way she this would... kid could get into any trouble. Yeah. yeah. Like they, she wouldn't rebel. But little, little. did they know. Yeah. <laughs> she started, you know, like they would create a dare book and meet strangers everywhere. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to mention that, like the show. What, what Patricia was referencing is that, like the show is about how again she is obsessed with Christmas, but 
in this particular year or holiday season, her family basically abandons her. And by that, I mean her parents go on like a second honeymoon. Her grandpa, another adult figure in her life, goes to Florida to meet with his friend, in quotation marks, friend. Oh, Grandpa Arthur. (laughs) So yeah, even more important than like the parents, I want to say, is her grandpa who um, is super strict we sound slightly negative right now, but like, I will say (laughs) one of my favorite things about the show was how much depth they gave the background characters. Like, and by background characters, I do mean her family. So like they, they, we do see a lot more depth than I feel like we would otherwise um, with the brother, with the grandpa. And these are, this is, while this is a series, it's like an eight episode Netflix series, the the episodes are like 20 minutes long. So it's it's actually surprising how much we're able to like learn about the characters, I feel like, through this series when the show really is about like Dash and Lily. But um True. yeah, like the grandpa, he's super strict. He is very family oriented, and you learn that he is super strict and very family oriented <laughs> because he is he basically comes back home from his trip to Florida and like finds out that Langston is sleeping with a boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and that Lily is out un- until like 4 a.m. at like some club. And of course he gets like, I will say that like he's allowed to be mad because like 4 a.m. is really late for a high schooler. Like, ooh, oh, I'm, I don't, sure. have I ever done 4 a.m.? I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't think I've ever done 4 When you're in high school. Late. Yeah, in high school, <laughs> ooh, that's late. Like, I probably have. But... Yeah, but you're like not at a club. <laughs> This is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, another important adult figure in her life is Lily's great aunt slash godmother, Mrs. Basil E, who is this eccentric older Asian lady um, who is the grandpa's sister, right? Obviously, great mm-hmm. aunt. But they have a very estranged relationship because she is kind of like wild and like very much a free spirit, um, lives a somewhat bohemian lifestyle. Uh, but like after Lily gets grounded by the grandpa, the great aunt comes over, Mrs. Basil E, and they get into it a bit. And like, he basically starts this conversation or like gets angry about her about like you abandoned the family and then she's basically like i went on tour with the rolling stones (laughs) are you still mad about that like (laughs) the grandpa also tells his sister that he's a bad she's a bad influence on lily because she flew her to vegas (laughs) and it's like that's just being a great aunt and double entendre on the great aunt like literally she's being a great aunt (laughs) like um (laughs) Yeah, but then, so behind the real anger and frustration from the grandpa is that the friend that he visited in Florida is actually someone he wants to spend his life with, but is also not willing to compromise moving to New York. So he's at a crossroads. Who we can probably assume is a young boo thing in Florida. (laughs) We don't know. Wait, I know. I was about to say, I was like, why do you think she's young? But also I thought the same thing. (laughs) It just sounds like it. So Um, long story short, grandpa is frustrated. Boothang will not move to New York (laughs) with him because that's where his family is. Mm. And this comes full circle when they are celebrating New Year's and Japanese tradition. um, I guess older, 
older grandparents slash people in general give money contributions to the younger kids, which is called like Otoshidama. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a, he's like giving Lily her like money and then like goes off on what a bad child she is. God. Which Okay, we're watching this show. Lily is not a bad child. And it's also just like that total it disconnect. Literally between, just like, this, like two weeks or so where she decided to go off, but... Like, live a freaking life as a child or as a teenager, and as a teen. which, which is what she says. So the grandpas are going off on her, and then, like, he's like, do you have anything to say for yourself or something? And then she's just kind of like, well, I'm 17. What's your excuse? <laughs> and then, like, rips into him about how – yeah, it was, it was actually a very satisfying moment. Like, but rips into him about how childish she's being about, like, not compromising, moving to Florida to be with the love of his life, you know? And – it was very, it was, it was like a grown up moment for Lily, I feel like, that she stood up for herself. Um, oh, her whole family was surprised at Lily for going off. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just like real quick about her brother, Langston, who's played by Troy Iwata. I like his story too, just because, mm-hmm. so he's the one who literally sent Lily on this adventure. Like, mm-hmm. he's the whole reason mm-hmm. for this show because um, he also wanted Lily to get out of her shell. Langston is described as a hot mess. It like Lily also stands up to her brother saying how like he doesn't even really know relationships either. So what is he doing? Because his whole story is that he met this guy on something like Grinder <laughs> during because during the holidays because he knew that they were going to be alone, right? Um or like the parents weren't going to be home and stuff. And so it's really cool cuz even Troy Iwata he mentioned in an interview that how it's refreshing to play a queer character whose main arc isn't them accepting their queerness or overcoming Mm -hmm. outside hate from their family or community. And yeah, like Langston, this is just who he is. (laughs) They don't care about his queerness. They're literally just like, you're a hot mess. Like, why are you dropping out of school? (laughs) So um, yeah, I love that he mentioned that. And then in that same interview, he also talks about like that montage of when their family is celebrating Christmas because I, especially during this time of COVID and how like, you know, a lot of people aren't able to celebrate with their extended family, at least people who do usually celebrate Christmas with their extended family. Um, How nice it was mostly for him to see both Japanese and white sides of the family like celebrate together and like you're not really focusing on the Japanese and white side it's just more like it's a family and like it's just like a really nice moment and like for him it's like a reflection of obviously who he is so it was it, it was really nice to read about that and watch it too <laughs> even though in that scene Lily's like not on the same page as Dash <laughs> as Dash what do you mean like that's what him and her and Dash were like not okay with each other Langston was having a great, like everyone was having a good oh, Christmas okay. except for her. Okay, <laughs> no, yeah, that's like all I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. On that note, though. Yeah. So uh, she's having a bad Christmas this year, but that's not even her worst Christmas, apparently. This, yeah, this goes back to Lily being kind of like her trauma of why she's a weird yeah. kid. Yeah, and this is, is where we finally figure it out. Like, yeah, why is she so? Why is she considered so weird? Apparently, her worst Christmas was, like, dates back to middle school where she she didn't have any friends, so she tried to make friends by giving every kid friendship bracelets. So she has this crush on this kid who she also gives a, a friendship bracelet to, and he accepts it all nicely, but then later she sees him drop it and say, that girl's weird. 
And that is the extent the trauma. of her trauma. Which, okay, yes, they are in middle school. That is super traumatic, especially yeah. for, like, the boy you, like, have a crush on. Man, that sucks. But <laughs> it's, like, I think this is where we really get a sense of her personality of being very sensitive in the sense where it's like she labeled this guy as her bully from that incident (laughs) right 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 right. i mean they didn't show any other flashbacks of him actually like teasing her or like calling her names or anything it was just that incident where he dropped the bracelet and said she's weird and then from Mm -hmm. then on all the way up until senior year of high school she she was like he is my bully He's Mm -hmm. the reason why I couldn't do anything. It kind of makes me think about how so many or so often we like interpret certain interactions in like a certain way because Mm -hmm. of how we perceive, you know, like perception, right? Like how we perceived a situation to have happened. But for the other people involved, that's not how it happened at all. Like like he wasn't thinking about her. (laughs) Right. Which he he does mention, but. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is why it's like it, it is. I hope a growing point for her (laughs) after she, you know, like connects with him again. I think it's supposed to be like four or five years later, right? Like she was like 11 or something. I don't know. But um, let's talk about the club scene or sorry, not the club scene, the slam poetry. So, so Lily um, goes to the slam poetry night, which the former bully invited her to or told her about because they met in an episode anyway. And she just goes up and she just starts spilling her guts on stage and pointing out that this guy was her bully for her entire adolescence. And then a woman in the crowd screams, maybe he liked you. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) This is where I actually liked Lily because... Yeah. I honestly didn't really care for her character. But this was probably the most important scene of the whole show. Right. And then Lily, like, immediately is just like, no, I'm tired of boys pulling our pigtails and getting called cute. I wish I could have stood up to all the bullies who made me feel too weird, too different, too Asian. Powerful. <laughs> yes, powerful. This is what I liked. But this is also the part where I. I personally had um you felt it was a forced. problem. Yeah, like yeah. where did the two Asian come from because nowhere in the entire story did they talk about being too Asian. Like in her flashbacks, nobody made fun of her for being Asian and I thought it felt pandering. Like, oh, just because you changed the character from being white in the books to being Japanese in the show, you're just going to input that she was too Asian and that's how she, like, that's why she felt that way. Um, and I know Kathleen felt otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I won't say, I, I mean, I agree with you and I feel like I talking to you made me, made me realize how mm, it was somewhat unrealistic for Lily to have, like, really not have any friends. And that's maybe just me, like, projecting, like, my own high school or middle school <laughs> experience and, like, how me and my friends were weird as F. But, like, <laughs> you know, we found each other. But I again, <laughs> I can't speak for Lily's experience. So overall, I get what you're saying. Um, I will say that I did read an interview on how this episode in particular or this scene really blew up I feel like with a lot of people who watch the show especially Asian Americans and um, Midori Francis actually 
uh, thanks to the showrunner, he was really, uh, Joe Trax, he was really receptive to like the actors on the show and really wanted their input on how they wanted their culture and characters to be represented. And so Midori Francis actually took upon this scene in particular to like kind of give her own experience and like reflect it onto Lily. So a big part of her growing up and being bullied was teased for the way that she looked and she was biracial. So I get what you mean though about how on the show, we don't really get to, we don't really see that part of her being teased. We don't really understand the teasing. We don't really understand yeah, the weird was nothing, from that one experience. Her. Yeah, just yeah. nobody acknowledged her, which is also very traumatic, but it's just like, uh, I guess for me, it's just with that kind of quote, like something to be so powerful, you should have some background in a show. Like, otherwise there's no importance to it. Yeah. Like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I I will say that I was very, like when you watch the scene, you do gravitate towards it. And like, you really do believe in her because like, I was like, yeah, I hate boys. (laughs) Boys suck. (laughs) Don't pull my hair. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah. Asian. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah, I felt like the, the scene, that scene in particular was really well done. So I guess we can wrap things up and like talk about opinions in general. How do you feel about the overall show? Yeah, we'll start with me so we don't end on a bad note for that because (laughs) I wouldn't watch the show again. I thought it was, you know what, I might watch a second season, if anything. But I think they might do a second season. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Apparently (laughs) the book's a trilogy, didn't know that. (laughs) But um. Yeah, not not my favorite. Uh, again, most of it was due to how unrealistic Lily felt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they tried to give her more growth, eh, no, it wasn't working <laughs> for me. And Dash, I would I would take Dash over Lily, and Dash himself was pretentious. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but how do you feel? Because you are the one who told me to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel I always get so like festive and any opportunity to watch anything that's put out on TV that's like Christmas holiday related. I'm all about it. Lifetime, Hallmark, ABC (laughs) Family. Sorry, ABC Family does no longer exist. Um, Freeform. (laughs) You know what? I think there's like a Vulture article or something that came out that was like, how did 2020 manage to put out 86 Christmas themed TV shows or TV movies and I'm like how did that happen that's so crazy but um I did like Dash and Lily will I rewatch it um maybe next holiday season you know what maybe on a rewatch Patricia this will change your life because you know how sometimes rewatches work for you watch it just for Nick Jonas (laughs) oh the Jonas Brothers little cameo was fantastic uh so circling back to why we're talking about the show again um it's a japanese american family celebrating christmas at least part of the show is and it's just so cool uh because you know we don't ever really get to see a range of asian americans japanese americans specifically uh doing that and it kind of just reminded me about i usually celebrate new year with my japanese american friends uh, the Momies, I love them so much. Um, shout out, Momies. Uh, <laughs> celebrating um, New Year on in Japanese is called Oshugatsu. And my friend Stacey usually makes food for days. Like she is cooking like three days before and has like 30 people over. And, you know, like so seeing Lily and her family, you know, 
the whole montage of them celebrating New Year was so cool. Drinking the sake. I drink sake on New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I never do get the otoshidama, but you know, it's cool. <laughs> Is that a hint? <laughs> but yeah, it was really cute and uh, close to my heart. I loved it. The show had its flaws, but I liked it. But anyway, let's go on to the dares. Let's talk about our favorite slash least favorite. <laughs> Talking about like Asian representation and everything, I do like the mochi dare. Yes. Where yes. Lily had Dash make mochi. Mm-hmm. And I I really like that scene for showing the culture, but also like the Japanese grandmas. Um, they were so cute. Yeah. They were like judges on like how he was making his mochi. So they like there's literally a whole scene about like him sucking at his first go or whatever go that is and then like they get his seal of approval afterwards like that was really funny um and who knows maybe those are more relatives of hers we don't know (laughs) um Uh, but i mean and my other favorite one though was when lily um where dash told lily to go to this like break room and a break room is where you get to destruct everything you know you get to smash everything in anger and Lily not being an angry person wait okay I know we're talking about dares right now but like okay one of my favorite parts of Lily because I know we've been very critical about Lily is like (laughs) do you do you remember the scene okay so like again Lily is portrayed as very like naive and just Mm -hmm. kind of like maturity level is still very like childish in a way but um, there's a scene where she mentions how, like, she mentions to her brother that Dash is seeing an old friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so her innocence. Yes. And then her brother's like, what do you mean an old friend? And then she's just like, you know, like an old person. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, no, honey, no. <laughs> Literally like an ex. Like, and it, it, that part was just so funny. And yeah, that I, I needed to mention that part because I felt like that was like one of the most charming moments, I feel like, in our very serious critique of her personality. If we were going to criticize other characters, we would, but we're focusing on the Asian ones. So yeah. <laughs> I guess we can both talk about our worst air. Yeah. What is it? It was Lily telling Dash to go to this like bakery where they eat cheese on pie and mm-hmm. like like what we love like, cheese. yeah <laughs> is that we love weird? cheese we love cheese there's actually filipino ice cream that has cheese in it so yeah. also i get why that's not weird to us <laughs> <laughs> i can see how other people watching the show would be like what that's weird but i don't know <laughs> this this screen rant article also thinks that it is the lamest dare <laughs> Okay, well, what's your favorite then? Okay, my favorite dare was the first dare, um, which kind of jump-started everything. Um, so the whole story starts in a bookstore. It's called The Strand. It's an actual bookstore in New York, which I think is so precious. But it, Dash finds a journal. He's, again, cantankerous. I really wanted to say that word in this podcast. Um <laughs> But he finds a red journal, opens it up, and realizes that a girl is challenging him to a dare. Well, I guess he doesn't know it's a girl yet, but I don't know. But so one of his dares, or one of the dares in the book, was to recite Joni Mitchell's River um, at the Strand. Um, I wanted to close out this episode. Trish, if, is, there anything we, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? before no, I-, I want you to close this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna 
sing a little Joni Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed our holiday-themed episode featuring Netflix's Dash and Lily. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please leave a review if you're an iTunes listener. They help a lot with how people find us, and we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at InvasionTV. If you don't already, repost and share. Thanks again and stay tuned for our next episode.